Welcome back, or welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host, Paul Arnold. I'm joined by Nate Moyer, the Wonderkin boy up from Connecticut, and Ernest Watts, the all-knowing seer of sports from Rockingham, North Carolina. And Ernest, let me start with you. This is the time of season when you see everybody trying to do pumpkin spice, pumpkin latte, cinnamon, crud. I don't know. It's all sorts of flavors out there. Ernest, is there a favorite fall flavor that you like to eat? Turkey. No, cranberry <laughs> sauce. Uh, Turkey. No, I mean, I used to Don't like. Don't call Nate that. Uh, what was the, 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 the uh, branch mix, the autumn mixture? You would have the little, the little pumpkins, the little candy corns, the, the mellow mix candies that what? you used to get like, i don't know about this oh it's like a candy corn mix right and then yeah like, but it was it was corns that. and pumpkins and it all tasted the same i mean it was kind of like did you know all fruit loops taste the same yeah yeah ruined my childhood i heard about yeah, that sorry last sorry but there's the mellow mix was the same thing it was the same lumps of sugar but it had like a, it'd have like a corn uh, like a beige color and a half a top of a pumpkin and all this is the same thing as candy corn they just repositioned it for after i guess what they had to get rid of after halloween mm. funny you mentioned the fruit loops are all the same color i didn't realize this until like two years ago that the gummy bears the green ones that nobody wants to eat is actually strawberry oh did you know that you could I trick always, your I kids this, just say you I don't want that yucky green, green one so i didn't know that was I wanted to be sour apple. I was so disappointed with those. Yeah. Nate, do you have a favorite fall flavor? I love, especially since we're up in Connecticut now, I like the whole apple cider thing. I'm not into the anything pumpkin spice. I don't like pumpkin pie. Nothing against it. I always I want it on the table for Thanksgiving, but I just I won't eat it um, for the tradition. But <laughs> you just I like don't like anything it. pumpkin. But I love apple cider donuts. I like getting mm. um, different types of donuts. apple cider. There's like a honey crisp apple cider. There's a regular apple cider. Mm. Um, we have some. Cider mill is probably like a couple within, you know, an hour radius, which is kind of cool. But I like the whole apple cider thing. I can get on board with that. Um, just not into the pumpkin spice. I like that they that pumpkin spice is a thing because it's a fall thing, but not my style. Paul, what about you? What, what are your, what's your oh, thing? you hit the – I love those homemade type donuts you get at cider places where it's like a little greasy and it's got the sugar coating on it. But when I was a kid, when we were really desperate for something sweet around the house – my mom likes tea, and she used to get sugar in those little cubes, and the little cubes, you drop one or two cube, and we would take that and suck on it like it was a cough drop type of, that is pure <laughs> sugar, baby. We might need pure sugar to stay awake for this podcast. I know Ernest woke up early, wow. and Nate woke up early. How about that transition, huh? 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 Well, I was about to tell you, I didn't like sugar cubes, because that's how we took our smallpox shots oh. as kids. How old are you? Cubes. Smallpox. Well, you know, smallpox, yeah. Smallpox, polio, all that, and all that good stuff. Yeah, all those diseases they got rid of before both of you were born, I had to be warned against. But Uh, yeah, give them the sugar cube. Yeah. Well, we will talk sports here. We'll we'll find the energy. And out of our friendship for Nate and Nate, the long-suffering fan, we are going to allow the first 10 minutes segment just to be for Nate. So, folks... This type of, well, this podcast doesn't focus on just one geographical region. Um, this doesn't focus on one sport. It covers the wild world of sports. I don't know if I can say that anymore. But So we're going to give Nate a chance to talk about his beloved Arizona Cardinals 
and then his beloved Notre Dame Fighting Irish. Both looked tremendous on the weekend. Nate, I see on the Skype video screen, besides your smiling face and uh, two-day growth on your face, you have an Arizona Cardinals shirt on. So tell me about your Cardinals. Tell me about them. Well, if you didn't watch Sunday Night Football, and most of you didn't because it was kind of late, uh, the Cardinals, who were went into the game, what, they were 4-2, and two, which is, oh, not bad. You know, they've beaten some so-so teams. So, um, you know, as a, as a fan, I'm, I'm, I'm happy that they're 4-2. We haven't been 4-2 and two in a while. Um, really didn't have expectations last night of the Cardinals winning. Uh, they wore the black jerseys, the Rush jerseys, which is kind of cool because they were playing at home. Um, they were playing a great game with Seattle. Seattle. Seattle was undefeated coming in. Seattle is a great team this year. Um, so anyway, the Cardinals stuck with them, and they took them to overtime, and, and they won it in overtime. <laughs> is that Ernest so dropping that in as, there? As a Cardinals fan, it's pretty exciting. <laughs> Five and two, we just knocked off an undefeated Seattle team that's in our division. We went from, okay, we're not winning our division because Seattle's going to win it. Maybe we'll get the wild card to, oh, my goodness, we're in the mix for the division right now. So if they keep it going – this this will be exciting. There was a couple of funny parts in it. I think you saw it. Uh, Booty Baker had a, had a, essentially a pick six, and DJ Matcalf um, chased him down the field as a wide receiver. He did not get not give up on the play. The guy is a beast, and he tracked him down at like the five yard line. Mm-hmm. Um, and actually, the Cardinals went for it on fourth down and didn't didn't get it. So that essentially saved a touchdown. So um, I definitely give kudos to him. I love it when players don't give up on plays like that. He could have easily been like, "Oh, he's gone." Nope, chased him down and got him. That was nice. That was awesome effort. Uh, I like that. But um, the other part that was funny is the the Cardinals when they went to overtime, um, they lined up for a kick and then called a timeout because it looked like the clay clock was going down. The Arizona kicker made it. So with the timeout call, they had to re-kick it, and then he missed it. So we basically iced our own kicker, which was a little Bonk. awkward. Just thinking, oh, that's it. And um, nope, we got the ball back and, and made it. Zane Gonzalez is an Arizona State product, so he didn't have to go very far going to go into the Cardinals, which is kind of cool. Um, but no, I mean, exciting five and two. Um, as a Cardinals fan, there's, I mean, seven and zero would be better, but you know what, five and two, I'm I'm over the moon right now. So hopefully they can keep it going. I'd love to see him make the playoffs this year. Definitely see Larry go out on a high note. Uh, Larry Fitzgerald. He definitely deserves it. So uh, I don't know. What, do you, what are your guys' thoughts as well, non-Cardinals? What did you guys think? Well, uh, you got to talk about the record he set last night. Most catches in one stadium. And eclipsed the record formerly held by Jerry Rice. Now, he's not going to catch total catches with Jerry Rice. He's too far behind. But uh, it's, they're the best division. My, my only worry would be it's the best division in football. Historically, it's probably one of the best divisions ever is the the teams they have to play in that division. The Rams, I think the 49ers are getting better. I mean, it's going to be rough. I think there's a legitimate chance for all four teams making the playoffs this year They have in the NFC West. I Has mean, that ever happened shot. before, all four teams? No, because no, you never had three wild cards before. Oh, that's right. And in the NFC East, right, is it the NFC East? There's not one team with three wins right yeah. now? Yeah, the, mean, the total record for the NFC East is like 3 and 18 collectively. Crazy. That's so maybe the worst division of all time. I mean, would, basically, you're looking at, if you're the Cardinals, you're looking at the Rams, the Niners, whoever wins between the Saints and the Buccaneers, 
and the Bears and the Packers. That's the teams you've got to worry about, which is not that many, really. Legitimately, it's it's. I mean, that's if you get that last position. The 49ers, you don't know, they've not been that consistent. And the Rams' defense have been a little bit lax. So you really don't know. And so many injuries for Seattle right now with Jamal Adams being out. Their, their whole defensive backfield has problems. So legitimately, yeah, they're, they're legitimate. This is the part where I uh, insert that one of the two teams they lost to uh, reside in Carolina. But uh, <laughs> had to throw that in. Uh, yeah, they're legitimate playoff team. I don't think there's no doubt about that. Uh, you've lost your best defensive pass rusher. Chandler Jones. Season. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> that's a bummer. He's uh, and surprised to find out he's had more sacks in the last seven years than Aaron Donald for the Rams. He's had the yeah. most sacks in the entire NFL the last seven We've years. got – I play in a league and we had to end up – you have two individual defensive players. And I've had Chandler Jones the past five years – Nobody, nobody drafts him, so I draft him as early as I can. He gets you a lot of points on defense. Um, people always think like you got to get the, you know, the, the safeties or the um, corners so you can get the interceptions and, and run backs for touchdowns. But you know, you you get these guys that get like tackles and sacks. So I'm always going after linebackers, defensive ends. I've had Chandler Jones. He's got me some fantastic points over the past few years. I love it. So I was bummed when he went out. And you know, he obviously as a Cardinal, it's a bummer too. So he's been a great, great athlete there. Um, in Arizona for the Cardinals doesn't make any um, doesn't make any waves. Goes out there, does a great job, does a good job, and yeah, it's a bummer they lost him. So you know, hopefully the defense can step up. Uh, Vance Joseph's the coach there for the defense, and um, yeah, they get some defense going, get the offense going. I think Drake just got back his X-rays. They thought maybe he was hurt, but his X-rays came back negative. And they have the bye week next week, so hopefully he'll be healed. But even Edmonds is great as a backup running back. He's starting to steal a lot of carries. From Drake, so I think even if Drake was hurt and they had to use Edmonds for a few weeks, they'd be fine there. Um, Murray's looking good too. He scares me because I feel like he's just going to get he's going to get um, crushed one of these times. But he's just so fast when he runs; it's crazy. But you know, your backup is your backup quarterback, uh, Brett Hundley. No, Strevler. What happened to Brett Hundley? Hundley? No, it's Strevler. Now Strevler was all CFL. They got him from the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Hmm. This is Strevler's a good quarterback. He he could he's he could fit it. Bliss, you don't want Murray hurt because this offense is built around Murray. Right, right. Yeah, but you're missing the main guy here. Hopkins is what's making it all work right now. That deep threat, that amazing catch he has. I mean, the chemistry that he got right away with Murray. I think that's a huge factor for Arizona. And Nate, I haven't been to Arizona Stadium. I know you have. Besides the field that rolls out for the sun to grow that beautiful grass and back, is it a good game experience? Would you rate it top or would you say, eh, it's about like everywhere else? Um, you know, honestly, like I, I would rate it really high when, when I went to games there before I'd gone to really other stadiums. I'd only been to uh, San Diego, the old Qualcomm Stadium. Um, for an NFL game, I'd been there. So, but honestly, when I went to a Giants game last year, like the Giants game was pretty in- intense because the tailgating was so much better than Arizona. But I think you know, New York's been doing it for so long. Arizona was, you know, we came in in '88, so I think Arizona's getting better at it. And the stadium is beautiful. It really is. It's just like a. I'm trying to think how do you describe it? like a big Jiffy Pop being inside a big Jiffy Pop. <laughs> but we went there for a concert. We saw U2. Um, 
there in concert. It was okay in concert. Like the venue was great. It was just more of the music was pinging off the sides because it was kind of a dome. So it, it wasn't as good. We ended up going the following year to a U2 concert in the um, Talking Stick Arena where the um, Phoenix Suns play. It's a smaller venue, but it, it was much better. When was the last so, time you did a Jiffy Pop, like on top where it pops up like and makes all the beautiful popcorn? I don't think I've ever done it, but I've seen it in <laughs> movies. So, Oh, it's yeah, fun. They've gotten pop. rid of those air-supported stadiums. Even the Syracuse now has an infrastructure underneath, you know, the Metrodome, what they had there when the snow piled up. So they're getting away from those with the air Metrodome type of thing. Paul, I got a trivia question for you. Can you name the four names – that the Cardinals franchise has had through its history. You mean where they've been, like St. Louis? Well, the four names of the franchise. Well, St. Louis, obviously, uh, Phoenix, Arizona, and I don't know the fourth. Chicago. Chicago. I'm old enough to remember when the Cardinals played in Chicago. Hmm. They didn't move to St. Louis to 1960. <laughs> well, Okay. All right, so, Nate, you've had your good seven, eight minutes with your wonderful Cardinals. You're happy today. That's good enough for now. And you're fighting Irish. Uh, Ernest asked, he had the gall to ask me in the last podcast, what is the better fight song, Notre Dame or Michigan? And I was Come very on, political, Ernest. and I said they're about the same. They're, I'm not going to no. get an argument. So, Nate, come on. Which is the better fight song? I will say Michigan has a good fight song. The reason why is because that was actually my high school fight song was the music to it. And then obviously the words were changed for our high school. So um, I've always had a good spot for, for Michigan. I don't have a problem with Michigan. I think they have a great fight song. It, I don't think any, there's, not, there's, no, there's no match for Notre Dame. It's a classic. It's a tradition. It's been there forever. It's, it's just anytime you hear, you could be anywhere in the world and you'll hear the Notre Dame fight song. Everybody's like, oh, that's Notre Dame fight song. That's Notre Dame fight song. Michigan, it's, in the, it's in the airplane movies. It's, I mean, it's it's in everything. It's the Notre Dame fight song. It's just, it is what it is. It's it's the classic. There's nothing that can beat it. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with Michigan. Um, I right, like get Michigan, to the game. Get saying, to your your team. Your your team well, with Rudy's. More, there's one more you're very familiar with. One more fight song. Clemson's fight song. Tigers. <laughs> Hold that tiger. Oh, isn't that yeah, the? You know, Special hold K or uh, Frosted no, Kellogg? You've heard hold that tiger, hold that tiger. You've heard that before. That's you know what? Cool. You know what's catchy? You know what's catchy is Rocky Top, the Tennessee one. I like that one. Did you know that that's was, that's only that was, that's a relatively young song that didn't come out until 1968. It's it's pretty good. I'll listen to uh, like when I used to play college football on EA Sports when they used to have it, and it was great when you play Tennessee and you hear the fight song. It'd be seeing right now. Ernest is playing. No, I am. So I'll come on, you. give us your rating. Are you, is your team going to beat Clemson? Notre Dame going to beat Clemson? If they can play like they played last week, yes. If they play like they played a couple weeks ago, no. And I think they're going to have to play their best game in the past five years against Clemson to beat them. And I hope they can do it. I really do. Cause, and I don't want Clemson to have any injuries. If Notre Dame's going to beat Clemson, I want Clemson to be fully healthy, so there's no excuses why Clemson lost. Uh, but uh, it's going to be tough. It's going to be really tough. Clemson's going to not have to be playing their best, and Notre Dame's going to just have to play an A-plus game. So. Dude, they're going to lose to Carolina and Clemson. Oh. Yeah, Ernest's Carolina's flying high. Is Mac Brown the coach he thought he would be, Ernest? I'm pleasantly surprised. I mean, when Mac left to go to Texas, I was mad. 
I uh, they had a game the next year. Texas came to Carolina, and I win it. And that's when uh, Vince Young's uh, freshman year, because Chris Sims was the quarterback, mm-hmm. and they beat the ever living snot out of Carolina. And uh, no, I they're always forgiven. Max back home. We're doing okay. I'm I'm happy with. But how him. old is Mac? Like seventy two. I think Mac is seventy or seventy two. This is the only job they had a reunion of uh, one of his teams, and he came back. and His wife said, "If the ever job was ever open, this is the one he would come back for." It was either the Bahamas or Chapel Hill, and he picked Chapel Hill. I mean, he he just seems more relaxed. I mean, there's no pressure. I would imagine after being a coach of Texas, that pressure. We'll see what it's doing to Tom Herman right yeah. now. I mean, Texas must be a horrible place to coach because they just burn through people like Charlie Strong. Yeah, I mean, nobody since this Daryl Royal has really made them happy in all the years. And you've got, they, they bring in the most revenue of any other school, even more than Michigan. They have their own TV network. Uh, ESPN has a channel dedicated directly for them, for all sports. I think the intense pressure, and it, it's, it's just kind of lack of awareness of who they are, you know, because Oklahoma is pretty much dominated in basketball and, and Kansas has in basketball and in football, Oklahoma is dominated. So it's, it's, you know, Herman you know, came from Ohio state. He was the offensive coordinator. Charlie strong was doing a pretty good job, but the, you know, they, for some reason, they, they think they are a national contender. They haven't been since Vince young was quarterback in. Right. When was that? 2005? Yeah, 2005. They were pretty dominant back then. I remember that Rose Bowl game with Vince Young was one of the best games I've ever seen. It was amazing. So, guys, I just did some studying last week. Uh, our podcast, the number of downloads just went skyrocketed. Well, skyrocketed is maybe an overstatement, but we increased like 50 to 60 uh, downloads per week in the last three weeks, and most of them came from the wonderful state of Connecticut, Nate. So are you paying off people, or is it Gene Gums and (laughs) SportsCountry.net helping us out? Uh, So, Nate, now that we have a new new group that listens to us from Connecticut, what Connecticut football team is worth following, or nearby Connecticut? Is there any team? I, I, I guess we got to talk Connecticut women's basketball. <laughs> I mean, Connecticut basketball is kind of the, it's the where it's thing. at as far as football. Like, I mean, I want to go to a game because it's so old, but I want to go to a game at the Yale Bowl for the Yale football. Like, they're not a powerhouse or anything, but like, I think if you had to pick one spot in Connecticut, um, UConn football. I don't even know if they're doing UConn football this year. If they suspended the season, um, I know this is yeah, sad. They're not. They're they're one of the conferences they're playing in the spring. Um, but I mean, honestly, let's just say everybody was healthy in Connecticut. I would I would probably go to Yale. I would. I mean, just mainly more for the old school tradition. Um, obviously, I think you can get into any basically you get tickets to any game. Um, I think except for Harvard when they play Harvard, that one sells out. But uh, outside of that, I mean, I think you got Rutgers. That's probably the closest big, big school. Maybe Syrac- Syracuse is where I would probably want to go to, but that's in New York. Yeah. Uh, as far as a local place, uh, I don't think there's nothing. Maine, Vermont, New Hampshire, they're not really known for their football stuff. So I, I don't know. I mean, maybe going, you just have to go down south. Army? Go to Penn State, Army? maybe. Army. 
Well, in Connecticut, I know they're pretty much split between the Red Sox and the Yankees in baseball, and I know the Red the, Sox are, are looking a looking a for a new manager. Ernest, have any clue who they're going to get for a new manager? Uh, well, they could get their old manager, <laughs> bring him back, uh, and and they might bring in uh, the Astros manager. I've heard the Astros manager going there, yeah, going to the White Sox. Well, you remember the White Sox were looking for a manager also. I've been hearing A.J. Hinch is going to the White Sox. and But, yeah, bring him in. I mean, he served his year suspension and everything. But before we leave, uh, one, one real thing about Connecticut football, you know, Army's probably the closest team. Army just accepted a bowl invitation to the Independence Bowl. Yes. They're playing a Pac-12 team, right? That yeah, and Pac-12 hasn't even played. hasn't played their first game. That's how stupid these bowls are it really is it just and we can't have an 18 or 16 team playoff because we'll be hurting the bowls and then you got bowls giving out bids to teams that aren't even playing yet that's how ridiculous and how, so, how many team how many losing te- teams with losing records are going to be in bowl games this year because well some of the schools. you know some of the bowls have already uh postponed because i know the holiday bowl is not uh the fenway bowl which was supposed to be in fenway park they're not. And there's several that have attachments to conferences like the Big East is playing in the spring. So any team going to the Big East, any bowls associated with that's not going to be uh, playing that much. And again, it's depending on where the bowls are located. you got states like South Carolina, Florida, where people, many people as you can, they're still probably going to have their bowl games. But in states where you have severe restrictions, like uh, what do they call the Motor Bowl now down in uh, Detroit, Paul? It's always Little some Caesars. lousy bowl. Uh, I don't know, well, but it's some auto auto zone. Auto bowl. zone, yeah. That's I, it. I mean, they, I, they couldn't have that right now, right? With the restrictions in Michigan, no. So certain states, certain bowls, it's, it's going to be unless things drastically change. I mean, you got today ESPN canceled eight basketball tournaments, which they had lined up in Orlando, and I think you're going to see more and more of those types of things. I'm beginning to think we're not going to see college basketball until the 1st of January. NBA is talking about starting the week before Christmas now, which I think is going to be hard to pull off. Yeah, thank God for football being around right now. Yeah, I mean, thank goodness for the MAC because the MAC's going to be playing uh, all their games on Tuesday, Wednesdays, starting November 1st. Mm -hmm. And then you have the Spring League starting tomorrow. That's a new minor league football, which uh, Fox Sports 1 is broadcasting the games on. What is it called? Thir- spring Tuesday. League? Or what is it the called? Spring League. They're playing all their games in the Alamo Dome. It's essentially the guys from AAF and XFL 2 that didn't get a job. They'll be playing in this league. Like Zach Mettenberger was LSU. Uh, Jerry Glanville is one of the coaches. It, it's another minor league coach. Teams, it's another minor league they're trying to start, and they're so, all in a bubble. A whole bunch of new logos and new t shirts. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The aviators, I think it's the stampede, those types of things, mm. the generals. So they're going to, I mean, Paul's heard me say this a thousand times nature abhors a vacuum. So you got this vacuum in November, December because you won't have the NHL and the NBA. They'll find sports to fill it in. Korean baseball goes on till Thanksgiving, so we'll have sports to watch. Mm-hmm. May not be TV worthy, but there'll be sports. Something. Speaking of yeah, baseball, 
that's a good lead into nice segue. Nice segue. Uh, World Series and my buddy Clayton Kershaw. You know, we had that special connection because I watched him at the single A level. He came through last night with a win, and the Dodgers held off the Rays. And um, it looks like the Dodgers have the edge, and yet the Rays never give up, as shown. I think it was Game Four, right? Uh, they came right. back in one eight seven a walk off. So, Ernest, Dodgers going to hold on, or are you going to hang on to your Rays? Well, you know, they had a 3-2 lead when they lost to the Astros three years ago. I, I mean, I just don't know. It just seems like their manager finds all kind of ways to blow games. Uh, it's, it's a shame that this is the lowest-rated World Series ever. And, again, you got this classic matchup of the richest team in the league and one of the poorest teams in the league. Uh, I've been rooting for the Rays, uh, again, because they're the underdog, but maybe the Dodgers finally do it. Uh, I mean, look at the talent up and down. This, this should have been a sweep, really. Talent-wise, there's so much more in the Dodgers, but they tend to do dumb things. <laughs> dumb I mean, things? Really? It's hard, to, it's hard to root for the Dodgers. They're the Amazon of baseball. They really are. I mean, <laughs> they buy whatever they want. Uh, it's it's it, I hate it because people have lost interest and I think there's just a like I said last week I think there's a baseball fatigue in people at this point. All right, Nate, what was I, the last thing you bought at Amazon, and do you think the Dodgers are going to win? Well, I actually bought something today. I had to buy these big six foot folding chairs for the nonprofit I help out at. We needed to get some <laughs> we needed to get some chairs. It's funny. Um, and then the uh, I did the Amazon smile. So the Pro, like a certain percentage of it goes to um that's called my kids go to booth hill so it's booth hill father's club gets the money so oh, nice that was kind of cool um but that's what i guess i bought from amazon uh as far as the world series yeah i i haven't been that excited about it because i just can't stand the dodgers and i don't know if the rays will win so i mean i was excited when it got to four to, when it was two to two then i watched the dodgers win i was like you know what i, I don't want to see the dodgers win this thing so i think Unless if it goes to Game Seven, I'll probably watch it. Um, as far as the game tomorrow night, Tuesday, I'm probably not going to watch. Like I'll, I'm sure there's I've got other things I can do around the house. I just I haven't been that motivated. I think um, I'd be even less motivated if it was Dodgers versus Yankees because there's two teams I don't want to win. So, but I, I think Ernest is right. I think top to bottom, the Dodgers have all the talent. That's I just assume they're going to win the World Series. So um, I'd be really happy if the Rays won. I'm not a Rays fan, but I'd be really excited if they did because they have the low payroll and. Um, obviously I don't I like, but I was going to say, uh, Ernest, I think the Dodgers are going to win in spite of having Dave Roberts as their manager. <laughs> I think, <laughs> I think I mean, he's still he, going to try to mess it up, but they'll still, that's just the, you know, it's just, it's like playing 11 innings instead of nine. Cause you got that manager there, but I think the Dodgers are just too talented. I think they're just, they're going to win this thing. Good for them, but ugh, I don't want to, I don't want to see it happen. I don't want to see him win. So Kevin cash is so much better a manager and you look what he's doing with these bits and pieces and, and able to fit parts together. And there's no true star on that team. It's, it's truly amazing. And they'll wind up letting half that team go into free agency and pick up some other kid. I mean, they've, they've done this. It's truly amazing how they put that team together. They're not going to win the world series most likely, but most of America can't name two players on that team. And he, he plays three guys at first base the shortstop's the only position that the same guy plays all the time. He plays five guys at second, two or three guys. I mean, it's it's fit 
pieces to what they want. The bullpen has all these guys that throw 100 miles an hour. And it's it's fascinating to watch him put these parts together and have the second best record in baseball all year long at a team that is, you know, starless in that respect, not supported by its home market. It's it's I guess that's why my heart goes out. There's a bunch yeah. of orphans, really. Well, every time I hear you say Kevin Cash, I think of Richie Rich. I'll tell you why. So I grew up when there was comic books at my uh, uncle's house, and he collected tons of them. But then he also had a box of comics that we could read, you know, just any type of comic books. And this is before internet. This is before um, cable TV. And so we'd be reading all these comic books. And the ones we didn't want to read but we end up reading because we didn't have anything else were Richie Rich comic books. And when I hear Kevin Cash, it's like Richie Rich's long-lost cousin or something. Um, so did you ever read those comic books, Ernest? When I was stuck at my grandmother's, and, <laughs> and, and uh, they have these, the, my older female cousins, the romance comic books, the Casper comic books, the little baby Huey comic books. Oh, yeah. Uh, you know, not the good stuff, not the no, world's not finest. Not the Batman, Batman or Spider-Man. Yeah. Not the Spider-Man. And you go like that in Reader's Digest. What was it? The Compendium, the the oh, best yeah. of Reader Digest. Yeah, we yeah. Have short versions of novels and everything. It was just that type of stuff that you go because there was one TV had three channels, and Lord knows the kids did not get to watch what they wanted to. No, on TV. no, no. No, it's like those comic books that your mom might buy at a store. Oh, honey, I thought you'd enjoy these, and you're like, uh, not really. Anyway, so Nate's like saying, gosh, how old are these dudes? But somebody out there knows what we're talking about, Ernest. Somebody out there. So let's go back to the NFL. It's my turn to talk about the team close and dear to my heart. (laughs) Not really. Every week I say I'm not going to get invested in those Lions. And then this week. You'd be lying. I'd be lying if I wasn't. I flipped over that game, and the uniforms were an aberration. Yeah, we're not going to say what you texted me about those uniforms. It's a PG show. The Falcons have these, and and they're called gradient uniforms, in which they transition from one color to another. Nate knows what I'm talking about because the Diamondbacks had these for a while. They got smart and got rid of it. That started blood red at the tarp top and went gray at the bottom. Yeah, it wasn't a big deal. Yeah, yeah, I was going to say. And then you had... This slate, lame, flat gray, gray. To the line, flat gray of the line, which was like dirty laundry. It basically looked like laundry that someone had mixed in the wrong color with. And, and when I flipped over there, ah, something's wrong with my TV. It's just, <laughs> yeah, but, you know, but, everybody's giving Todd Gurley a hard time. Yeah. And I go like, no, it's the Falcons' defense. Yeah, I it's mean, not really Gurley, on him. Gurley, you do what you score. That's what you're going to do. You try to score as many points as you can to win the game. I'm starting to sound like the Arizona State coach. Dennis but, Green. Herm Edwards. Herm Edwards, Herm Edwards. We play to win the game. You score the most points to win the game. This idea of you know stretching the clock. The defense, if you can't stop a team under a minute with no timeouts. You can't stop the Lions. 70, the, stop any the Lions. team. Any team. With under a minute, no timeouts, 75 yards, you don't deserve to win. I mean, those that was too bad. For My them. thoughts exactly. You know, that's exactly what I was going to say. But no, really, I was going to say that Matthew Stafford, 
I like him as a player, but there's just always something that it's he doesn't have the it quality somehow. I don't I don't know if are it's we leadership. Wait, are, are, the, are the Lions wasting his career? Or, I mean, he's gotten to a couple playoff games early in his career when you had Jim Caldwell as a coach. But but are are the Lions wasting his time? So the wild rumor was that Jerry Jones loves Matthew Stafford and he was going to trade to get him, even before the Red Rifle got injured. And I think it was just clickbait. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Uh, Stafford's here for the rest of his career. Um, Didn't Stafford have something I, to do with his wife? Was had something cancer, medical? So brain he's, cancer. So I don't think. So he, she's doing the treatments out in Detroit. She, so I don't think it would. No, make she's sense. recovered. She's, she's in remission. Is she? Oh, okay. I told but you. I think if he, you know, if the if the town was supportive of him, I don't think he has any reason to leave. You know well, what I mean? I, like, it was, if his family's been supported, like that's that. I feel like that's stronger than. No offense, Paul. That's stronger than winning a Super Bowl. You know, I had community that loves you and um, getting the support from the organization, everything for your family. That's I think it's more important than a Super Bowl. I had the solution for the, the Cowboys problem last week, and I still stick with it. Fitzpatrick trade the red rifle for Fitzpatrick. You put Fitzpatrick out there with those wide receivers, and the Cowboys are in the playoffs. So which, I have no doubt. Which leads to there was some discussion today on another talk show that no other cowboy rose up to defend the Red Rifle. After he got nailed, he got tagged with a helmet. The guy was running fast. After it happened, nobody went up to that guy and said, man, you can't do that, or they didn't have any fight in them. And somebody asked McCarthy about that in the post-game interview or today's interview, and he sort of sloughed it off and said, yeah, I expect it a little better. Nate, do you think the other players should have gone up and just leveled that dude for – Basically targeting for 20 yards. I feel like they should, but I think at the same time, you have to also give Cowboys credit, like not give them credit, but be on the side a little bit that, you know, Dalton's basically been there a week. You know, he hasn't been the number one guy, but still the players should always, you should always defend your quarterback. So, you know, I, I wish they would have done a little bit more. I mean, I didn't see, I watched it on red zones. They kind of kept cutting back. So I didn't see it fully, but I, I mean, yeah, you should always want to defend your quarterback. You should defend any one of your teammates, right? If it's a teammate that's been on your team a week, whatever, you still you still should have a little bit of fight in you. And you, um, but I think you know, adult was just getting to know a lot of the guys because he was QB two for the whole time and had no intention of going up to QB one with Dak there. So um, I think they were still kind of feeling each other out, but they still should have. I agree. They they should have. So if you think that was Dak in Dak hit, that would have been a different story. Oh yeah, absolutely, now- absolutely. But now a little background. You only have one starter on the offensive line. The other guys are substitutes. It now, doesn't matter. You can still you can still have a oh, Elliot should have Elliot Elliot should have gone in and nailed something. Yeah. He's fumbled enough this year. I mean, Elliot's fumbled more times this year than I think he has in his entire career. I mean, it's just a flat team. They look defeated when they go out there. And I don't know if that's McCarthy. I don't know what it is, but again, you got Four starters or five defense offensive linemen that are out. Uh, you've got your quarterback out, but Elliott's still out there. You still got probably the best set of wide receivers, but defensively they're running around like chickens with their head cut off. I mean, the the defense was a problem before Dak got hurt. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is I, I guess McCarthy will make it the entire year. I have my doubts. Are they this, America's team? 
anymore. Oh, yeah, they're always. They could lose every game from here on out. You're saying still... that because your son's a huge fan. Come well, on. Well, they'll, they'll get the ratings. I mean, that's it. You know, If you look for ratings, they'll get it. You're not going to see any of their games moved from Sunday night. No, they still pull in. They could be 2 and, and 14, and America still watch. I mean, Dallas fans are like Pittsburgh fans. They're everywhere. I mean, they're always going to be rating Bonanza. So, yeah, I mean, they're they're still America's team. I don't want that title. It's the worst title around, but they're still America's team. And yeah, who, Jerry Jones is great entertainment. And, Nate, who's better, Titans or Steelers? I know the Steelers won because the Titans mm, uh, kicker missed I, wide right. The ex-Patriots uh, kicker, Gronkowski. Or not Gronkowski. What's his name? Um, Gronkowski. Yeah, uh, yeah Rosowski. It's close enough. So, Mike Wazowski. Yeah. Mike Wazowski. Yeah. So, yeah. From Monsters Inc. Yeah. From yeah. Monsters. <laughs> I have watched a few movies um, since 1980. So, go ahead. I, I think I'd probably say that if, if they had a best of three series, right? Like, who'd win? I, I would say the Titans. I think they're both really good. I think the Pittsburgh's doing well this year. Um, Titans, obviously, with Derrick Henry. Um, but I think right now, if I had to pick at a three game series, I think I'd probably take the Titans. But both, both pretty good. Pretty good team, so I think you're going to see them in the in the playoffs together. So, uh, yeah, I'd say Titans. Ernest, what about you? Well, Big Ben, Big Ben threw three interceptions and they still won the game. So I'll say Steelers. I like the Steelers' defense. Um, the trick with the Titans is you have to get a lead on them because even though they had a great comeback yesterday, they're not built for comebacks. They're built for running Henry in the ground. 30 to 35 times. So if you make Tannehill have to win the game for you, you put the game in Tannehill's hands, even though he's got a great receiver in Brown, I, I think that's the, the trick to beating them. I, Big Ben doesn't have to win games. I mean, they've got, uh, they've got great receivers, a former Notre Dame, Clay Poole out there, another kick for Clay. He's there. great. He didn't do that great this game, stat-wise. Well, that's it. Two games, he's going nuts. I mean, that's, that's, that's it. Juju uh, gets out there. I mean, they've got three great wide receivers. They've got a good tight end. Uh, you look at what Connor's doing at, uh, at uh, running back, and their offensive line is very solid. I like their linebacker. I like Watt at stand-up defensive line. They're just a solid team upwards and downwards, and I think they're the best team right now. They showed it yesterday. You give up three turnovers, you still win a game. That shows me something. Mm-hmm. All right, the other. Paul, what do you think, Paul? Uh, I think the Steelers do look better, and I agree, Ernest. That uh, I've never been a Tannehill fan. I just don't think he can win a game for you. He's more of a game manager. I, I like his poise. I think he's a a decent guy. I just don't think he has that gunslinger mentality. Um, another a former wide receiver for the Steelers got signed this last week by the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Tommy Brady's got uh, Antonio Brown in the wings. Um, and over the TV, the announcers, the color announcers were saying, let's just see if he makes it one game before we talk about the rest of the season. Uh, Nate, over or under, he's going to play two games? Uh, I think he'll play more. I think Bruce Arians kind of posted something the other day about be a team player, be gone. So I think... I think he's had enough time off that he might he might be able to hold it down for a couple of games. And um, you know, obviously, he didn't burn his bridges with, with in New England with Tom Brady because obviously he's coming back. 
Um, it's pretty obvious those two are kind of communicating a little bit because that kind of came out of nowhere that it was all of a sudden he was going to the Bucks. So I say he'll have a couple games. Will he make the whole season? I don't know, but I think he'll probably get in a couple games before the head case comes out and, and Antonio Brown, and he might be gone or released or IR or whatever they want to put him on. Um, but I'll I'll say that because I think they're investing what two point five million in him for the rest of the season. So or up to that amount, Ernest. Yeah, or more than two games or less than two games. I don't think he'll play a game. Mm. I think something will happen between now and then. I, I just this guy has serious mental health problems, and I, I've seen nothing that he has uh, attributed or seeked treatment. Or I just don't think he'll suit up. I don't think you'll ever see him wearing a Tampa Bay outfit. And for everybody jumps on the Tampa Bay bandwagon, which is what everybody did today. And again, I watched the Tampa Bay Las Vegas game, and and then Gronk looks like Gronk. But I'm also going to remind you that New England was ten and one last year. And the wheels came off the wagon. And it's because it's a long season. I don't think Brady can last an entire season. I think after a while, fatigue sets in. So I'm, I'm not buying Tampa Bay. They're a playoff team, but I'm not buying them as the coming out of the NFC for the Super Bowl. Hmm. Yeah, I don't know if they're, they're going to be in there. I think they'll be in the mix, but I, you're right. I, I'm not like, oh, that's going to be a team. That's going to be the Super Bowl favorite. It's not my Super Bowl favorite right now. I would even take, uh, face-to-face, I would take Arizona over Tampa Bay right now. Face-to-face. Good man, Ernest. I like that. I I think Arizona's a better team. I think Seattle's a better team. I think Green Bay. I can get on board with that, Ernest. All right, okay. (laughs) I think Frisco would give them problems. I I just don't think, like I said, it's a longer season, and I don't think A.B. will suit up. I think something will happen before he takes his COVID test and is eligible to play. Speaking of COVID tests and t- players who've had trouble with that, your ex-quarterback, Cam Newton, Ernest, was pulled out of the game. New England Patriots pulled him, and he said afterwards that uh, this is not a good look for him right now. He's got to figure it out. Uh, do you think Cam Newton is going to stay as starter for the Patriots, Ernest? He may not stay a starter, but I think he is being used as a scapegoat for a team that has a horrible defense. I don't think Cam gave up 38 points to the 49ers. I didn't think he played defense. I may be wrong. You might want to check on that. (laughs) Uh, But I think the defense was the big problem. Jimmy G looked real good. Best I've ever seen since last year. And there's problems with that defense. You know, they got seven starters missing from last year. And, uh, you know, offense is a problem, but Edelman has regressed so a lot. And, you know, I don't think they've had a tight end catch a pass all season long. Come on. Tommy Brady did help that team now. I mean, he can't just leave and they're going to just keep on going. How much of it is Tom not there anymore? I think those seven starters on defense makes a big impact also. Yeah, Brady, of course, made it. And they didn't plan for having some. Well, they did have someone planned to replace him. Unfortunately, he's playing in San Francisco right now. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I'm sure Belichick was looking across the way and going, yeah, the owner made me trade him away. and Look what we got now. Because mm. uh, Grappolo would make that. But, but that, that team has so many problems. It's not just Brady being gone. That's just, And that's the easy, that's the, the, the solution everybody trots out in that respect. Yeah, Brady's gone. They're falling, but no, no, the defense is horrible. 
the offensive line is not what it used to be. I mean, it's the total team breakdown in that respect. Now, if you say that word, horrible, you have to say it like Charles Barkley now. Come on. Horrible, horrible, horrible. Horrible, horrible. horrible. Terrible. Oh, that he says terrible. 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 All right. So we are now down to our last several minutes. And so I'm going to give you guys not one, not two, but three good minutes each. So Ernest Watts, once you get started, you have your three good minutes. Ernest, can you keep it to three minutes? Can you keep anything to three minutes? I will try to. I have a book. um, I have a book recommendation, Bloodlines and Sidelines. Okay, and I, I got to give a little information back on this. Uh, the subject of the book is somebody who actually uh, did a job before I did it. He was the broadcaster of WYN for Richmond Senior Football, Dr. Jerry McGee, who was a, a, a headlinesman and a president of a community college for 25 years. Dr. Jerry McGee's son is Ryan McGee, who's one of the hosts of ESPN's Southeastern Network channel, McGee and Marty Smith and uh, and started out Mm -hmm. doing motorsports and went to college football, both of them. And again, it's, it's just a great book that brings back a lot of Southern football and I'm intertwined in there, not named intertwined. intertwined. (laughs) Yeah. Is uh, it like a sex scandal or something? Well, no, it's a lot of the locations. There's a great little story about him officiating a game at a town nearby called Larnberg. It was two point conversion into the game team was losing by one point. And he, uh, as a linesman, he calls it no good. And all of a sudden, the yard marker goes flying over his head like a helicopter. And, and he turns around, and the, uh, the chain gang has just walked off the field with five minutes left to go <laughs> with the game. And he did, a, he, he did a game in a junior high school. It was the first football game they ever had. And they didn't have yard markers, so they got two branches and took 10 feet of rope <laughs> and tied the rope between the two branches and that was a yard marker wow so it's like i said it's a, it's a good little book and 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 again dr mcgee is just a fascinating person and uh ed emory is somebody i hold close to my heart so it's just a great little read if you love football it's, i highly recommend it and a great stocking stuffer and you can find yes, it yes. on new york times bestseller list thanks ernest yes hey sounds good yeah, no, I, I we don't really talk too much about it, guys. We should. Uh, I, one of the things I've been doing a lot of is golfing um, with some dads here in Trumbull. So I've really gotten gotten into it. I think more since the pandemic. I've always I've always played golf, but um, I think I've just gotten into it a lot more this year. Got to play Yale Golf Course this weekend. They just opened it back up a couple weeks ago. Um, it was really cool. I mean, just a beautiful course, um, just a historic course. A lot of fun. Um, we're talking about maybe playing this weekend. It might snow here in Connecticut <laughs> on Friday. We've talked about playing really early on Saturday morning. Play so an orange might, ball, man. Play an orange we ball. Might, we, might be playing, we might be playing golf, and the ball's going to hit the fairway and literally like bounce on the fairway. So that'll be kind of a, <laughs> a fun thing. But golf's been a great thing for the pan, during the pandemic. Uh, it's kind of a good way for at least some of the dads out here to um, hang out a little bit. We've had a tournament to, that we've gave, we were able to do a golf tournament, give it, give the money to um, the elementary schools. So we did like a father's club thing. All the elementary schools in town had four foursomes, you know, you pay a certain amount of money and then, other, you know, por- por- portions of that money goes to each school. So that was a great, great thing. So I've been really enjoying golf this year. Um, Ernest, you know, I don't even know that. Do you golf Ernest? Very badly. I play army golf. Left, like right, that? left, right, left, right, left. No, when he plays golf, clowns are involved, okay? 
Yes, usually. <laughs> just a mini. Just a putter. I do play army golf to the right, left, left. Uh, I play it. I don't have that passion that obviously you two do. I mean, to have golf, you have to have a passion to get angry. I play badly. I don't get angry, which automatically eliminates me from having a passion of golf. <laughs> I've never thrown a club. I have a bad temper, but I've never thrown a club. I've never cursed on a golf course. I have never imbibed on a golf course. So it's, it's, you I haven't played much golf, have you? Well, I, yeah, I mean, I play with my sons, but I just don't, I do it more to be with them and get exercise. I don't get that exercise. concerned about it. Yeah. I mean, that's, it's, I'm not that passionate about it. It's well, one like, thing you, it's like one fishing thing. and hunting. I've done both of them in my lifetime. I've fished and fished and hunted, but I just don't, it's, you know, it's, not a passion. One of the things I like about golf too is sometimes you just got to like step back for a second and look around and, you know, out here in Connecticut, as opposed to Arizona, when you're playing in the summer, it's, it's miserable out here in Connecticut. Like when the sun starts to go down a little bit, sun goes behind, like just looking up at the trees, you get a little breeze, like just those little things are like, wow, it's really quite beautiful out here on the course. I mean, you're playing golf, right. And you're focused on the game, but like, you know, make sure you step back and enjoy being out on the course, right? Enjoy being away from whatever stresses you have of the day. But um, anyway, that's all I got. Other than that, go Cardinals, go Irish. And because I'm married into the family, go Michigan. Go ahead, Paul. I'm going to end my hey, We last... didn't talk Milton. We didn't talk Milton at all, did we? He, a great start for Michigan. By the way, it's Ryan McGee. They do Ryan McGee and uh, Marty Smith on ESPN. Sorry. Uh, yeah. Uh, okay, my last, talk, about, talk about Milton now in Michigan. You well, no, actually, Michigan. my last two minutes are going to be spent. You're never too old to change. You're never too old to change. Remember that, Ernest. I know your wife has been telling you that for years. You're never too old to change. Change this, underwear, change. <laughs> change? Attitudes, change. It's like the old joke. Um, what, how many Baptists does it take to change a light bulb? And the response is, Change? Anyways, the, at the Michigan uh, football game, it wasn't until the second half when Michigan was blowing out Minnesota and they were looking good and their quarterback Milton was looking po- poised and everything that the sideline reporter said, it's been such a busy day, we thought we'd get to the story earlier, but this is the first time since Jim Hall, Harbaugh has been the head coach that he has not worn khakis at the game. And all of a sudden I looked at him like, they're right. He's wearing like dark navy blue pants with a dark navy blue top, and they won the game. And I kept on saying, "All right, we got to lose the khakis, man. We got to go for the blue pants." It doesn't really make a difference, but hey, it was fun just to talk about it, and we all need a little fun right now. So uh, watch something fun on Netflix. Enjoy your sports. Enjoy your golf, Nate. You bum, getting out there to play. But uh, thanks for listening to Part in the Confusion. You can email me at gobluearnold at gmail.com. I got that email, boy, probably about almost 18 years ago, so that's why I still have it. And if you're from Connecticut, email me, and I will send you a shout-out. And maybe the third person from Connecticut who emails me, uh, I will send out a special prize. There you go. So for Nate Moyer and Ernest Watts, have a good night. <laughs>